Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Head on over to jointhenerdclan.com to get all kinds of great bonus material and extras from Blake and I. Whether it's Blake's Book Club, Keep Calm and Crown On, the podcast dedicated to Netflix's The Crown, or even bonus After Dark podcasts, there's a lot you don't want to miss out on at The Nerd Clan. So if you want to support an independently produced podcast like this one right here, or just Mary and Blake Media in general, if we bring a smile to your face, please head on over to jointhenerdclan.com for as little as $2 a month. You can continue to make these podcasts possible and become part of the best community on the interwebs. And... And Mary, we have a special announcement for all you Bridgerton nerds. We do. We do. I'm going to be doing my first ever book club. That's right. On jointhenerdclan.com and it's going to be the Duke and I. Yes. We're going to read... She is. Yeah, I'm going to read the first Bridgerton book. And I'm going to podcast about it chapter by chapter. And to make things extra fun, because I won't be doing this with Blake, and normally I only, I'm used to podcasting with somebody, I'm going to be taking comments, questions, feedback, yep. thoughts from the Patreon community at jointhenerdclan.com. This is going to be a special podcast only for our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. A special thank you. So if you're not a member there and you're like, I want to do that. Do you get two bucks? Because if so, you can join in. And I might even use your comment. Like you can literally call in and be like, I loved this chapter because of X, Y, Z. And I'll be like, I know. I know. Whoa. So awesome. So once again, head on over to jointhenerdclan.com. If you are not yet a member, get ready after Valentine's Day. I'm starting it up, guys. Starting up. That's it. Duke and I. So excited. All right. Let's do it. read what Lady Whistledown has written of late. Do not tell me that is yet another scandal sheet. This one is different. This one, this subject's by name. <laughs> my name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me and never shall, but be forewarned, dear reader, I certainly know you. The social season is upon us. We shall discover which young ladies might succeed at securing a match. Let it be known, if there's a scandal, I shall uncover it. And share every last detail. Rhode Island, welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to Bridgerton on Netflix. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to spill the tea.
everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I'm not ready to let go of Bridgerton season one just quite yet, but no. I feel like now's the time. Well, now that we have the news that there's a season two of Bridgerton coming on up at someday, yes. someday, someday, somehow, you know, we can just kind of revel in it. Um, we, of course, have done a podcast episode for every single one of the episodes yes. on Netflix, and we said, you know what? We just want to get together and talk Bridgerton one more time. We've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. Constantly. Oh my god! It's just been you know we've been talking about different different ideas and characters and plot points and costumes and all the different luscious things. Rewatching different moments and soaking it all in. And we said we need a recap episode just for season one as a whole. You know to yep. talk about all of our favorite things. So we're really really excited to be here with Mary. You. Before we get into the yeah. rest of the show, I do have a question for you. Of course. What's it like to have the number one podcast about the number one show in Netflix history? Just throwing that out there. Uh, what do you mean? Because we have the number one podcast about the number one show in Netflix history, which just came out today, that news, and it's Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. Let me tell you, it is beyond exciting. Um, Blake and I, we started podcasting because we couldn't find friends in real life who liked the same shows and books that we liked, and we were like, maybe there's somebody out there. <laughs> maybe there's someone out there who like likes the same stuff and just wants to geek out and, and love on these things, you know, little places to escape to and... Um, so we started podcasting from our house. We still podcast from our house yep. years later. And to know that so many of you have chosen to listen to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake fills our hearts. It's wild. With so much joy <laughs> and so much thanks. Um, know that each of your reviews, particularly in the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts app, that means so much when you take the time to write even a sentence about it mm-hmm. or when you hit that share button or you screen capture it as you're, you know on the treadmill at home and you share it in your stories and you tag Mary and Blake Media, all of those things go such a long way. And, you know, you guys have gotten to know us. We've been in your earbuds and your ear pods. Yep. And we're just like normal people just like you who love the same shows that you love. And to know that we are being recognized as this top podcast, um, we're the top show on yeah. Netflix right now. In, in, in Netflix history, Bridgerton yeah. is number one. It just came out today. I I'm so thankful. It's crazy. So, so keep it up. Don't be quiet. Bridgerton is just getting started. Um, and there's more and more friends who are, are finding it every single day. So if this podcast does bring you joy, please, please share it on your wall. Share it with your friends. That's what we're here for. And we also wanted to remind you, if you're watching us right now on social media, um, you, we wanted to remind you that you can actually subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher of choice. You can also find us on all sorts of social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Just search Miriam Blake. You yep. can also head on over to maryandblake.com to find the most gorgeous website that Blake created. You'll see all of the podcasts yes. and blogs. Thank you so much. You're so very welcome. And last but not least, we want to invite you, like welcome you into our house. We may not have, you know, as many biscuits as we can bake to offer you like Daphne did to her suitors as they entered in. Isn't that great? <laughs> like biscuits. Bake as biscuits. many biscuits as you can. That's how we want to feel for you when you come to the Mary and Blake Facebook group. It's a closed group on Facebook. We just share all things that make us happy and all the different uh, shows and books that we cover. So just search Mary and Blake and request to join that group. We would love to have you. All right, let's get into the show. Marvin, we're going to start off with uh, your cups of tea rating okay. for the season... 
as a whole, um, the Bridgerton season one, what? How many cups of tea are you going to give it? And how are you basing your grade? Uh, oh, like what is what's what my is rubric? The, yeah, yeah, what is your rubric and what is the reasoning? <laughs> okay, um, so this is a four point nine. Really, four point nine of a of a season of a show. Um, literally, the only thing that brought it down was the awkward thing that is so hard to talk about, and people are very divided about Daphne. <clears throat> um, yeah, but. Aside from that, aside from that, I'm giving this big show, like, aside from that, would have been a five. Really, honestly. And here's why. 2020. Oh, it did us dirty. Not great, Bob. No, not great at all. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I started the pandemic watching Tiger King on Netflix, and it made me feel so bad. No, God, please, no, no. I used to sit in my tub, Blake and... attest to this every night I would sit in the tub with a glass of wine (laughs) and I would put my prop my iPad up on the toilet and I would sit in the tub and I would watch Tiger King because everyone was like watch it it's the most popular thing on Netflix right now it made me feel so much worse about my life Mm -hmm. so much worse about humanity I was like we're never gonna leave this pandemic there's people like this guy (laughs) like what is gonna happen just running around yep so I went from that and then I'm pretty sure I watched some like murder show on Netflix like a documentary and then I watched the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Like Netflix led me down this path <laughs> of depression, and I almost wanted to break up with Netflix. Oh, it was close. It was close, man. Yeah. I we, was we, like, we're going to be Disney Plus people all the like, way. <laughs> we need to delete this app. <laughs> Give and me then, all the Frozen. And then all of a sudden, we got Jingle Jangle. Okay, at Christmas time with oh, Netflix. Yep. That did not. That did not suck. I was like, it's like the greatest showman meets Christmas. Bring it. <laughs> bring it. And then came Bridgerton. And Out of nowhere. From the clouds. Seriously. From the clouds drops it, Bridgerton. It was everything my soul needed. If they could have sung, it would have been the best thing ever. Okay, but I had Jingle Jangle for the singing. We had the most colorful costumes. We had a beautifully diverse cast. We had love stories, sexual tension. We had awesome music. I was just transported and I felt better yeah i felt better and i was like netflix i I burn for you you. (laughs) yes yes please so because of that because of that because bridgerton brought me joy brought colorful wonderful costumes into my life um got us really really excited it gets that 4.9 leaning towards five Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, as you know, Mary, I am a much tougher grade nah. than you. I'm going to give this season a four five. That's actually high for you. It as is. A season. It is. I was leaning four four. I'll give it a four five only because I'm feeling generous today. Oh, did I just like change your mind? You changed it a little bit only because 2020 was so bad, and it started <laughs> off so bad that I figured, you know what? It was Bridgerton made me feel better about about 2020. Seriously, it just did. And how, how could it not? I know. So I'm gonna. I'm, I want to have sex near swans now. Like <laughs> when was that on my bucket list before in life? Bam. Just like that. Oh, <laughs> Actually, I feel like that would be so scary. Aren't swans like super territorial? Don't know. Don't care. Want to do it? 
I don't know. <laughs> Geese are mean. I think we should figure it out. No, I don't right now. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, maybe not. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm going to give this a four or five. Um, I quite enjoyed Bridgerton. I, I didn't think actually that I would. Um, I know. I remember vividly saying Blake. Yeah, Mary was the one that convinced me to podcast about it. Um, I was the one that convinced you to podcast about pretty much everything that we've Except for the leftovers. Yes. I convinced you to podcast about But it that. was kind of like Outlander. I was like, so I think you're going to like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And you know, yes. You yeah, may right. think it's a chick show. It's not. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mary convinced me to podcast about Outlander. She convinced me to podcast about Gilmore Girls. Uh, and she convinced me to podcast about Bridgerton. I, to be honest, I am kind of out on period pieces with English accents at the moment. Um, just because we've done so much of, yeah. of stuff like that. But Bridgerton is different and I, we'll get into why and why I mm-hmm. I appreciated it and how it impressed me. Uh, because listen, I'm not a huge network TV guy, and if I'm going to be honest, I really don't. I, I appreciate Shonda Rhimes and the kind of power producer she is, but she's done everything on on network, and I just I'm just out on network television, except for a few shows. Probably only really This Is Us and. I went into it with, um, you know, just just not rose-colored glasses, if you will, and I was I was wildly impressed by the risks that were taken on this show. So I'll go with that. Uh, you're GBG, Marvin. You're good and you're bad, and you're great for the entire season. Yeah. Of so season because one. this is a whole season thing, it's not going to be like a little nitpicky thing, you know. For me, at least. It's not how I roll. My good were the costumes. Yes, okay. I like that. I am like so... I could watch Bridgerton on mute and just oogle, ogle, whichever way you say it, potato, potato. (laughs) Sure, whatevs. Eyes open in the beauty of it. I mean, it's made me look at my wardrobe and be like, there is not enough pastel in Mm -hmm. my wardrobe. I need feathers. I need <laughs> all the feathers, all the bows and flowers. Like I, I feel like you bought that shirt just because literally. that pink one. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, even rewatching it, I'm just so inspired about makeup looks that you keep your eyes at minutewithmary.com, guys, because oh, I'm yes. gonna be doing some Bridgerton inspired makeup because it's just the costumes inspired me. They brought color into my life when I needed it. Um, it's just great. My bad. Oh, it just was that Daphne thing. Yeah. It just was. I'm just calling it that. I'm just calling it the Daphne thing, okay? I know that the jury is out. People are mixed opinions about it. That is literally my bad. Um, And that's it. My great was that this was a lovely escape. I want a promenade. I want to do that. I want to wear a dress that is like crazy, which is like <laughs> things all over it. I don't even know, like sewn on butterflies and just promenade around a lake with swans, even if they're super mean. I don't care at this point. It's what I needed in 2020. How about uh, yeah. how about like a, a $4 million necklace that you just take off, just throw on the leave. ground and leave? Just yeah. whatevs. Yeah. Some, I mean, you know I'd pick that up. Of course you'd pick it up, but you know. Finders keepers. <laughs> How about you? What is your GBG? You're good, you're bad, and you're great for season one of Bridgerton. The good for me is the soundtrack. The soundtrack yes. is eminently listenable. I mean, 
listen, soundtracks are used in many different ways. You know, for The Walking Dead, Bear McCreary. Mm-hmm. It was more tone music. It was there to just give a little oomph. You know, that was it. Except for like the governor's pulse. That was in that was with intent, the governor's pulse. Um in some shows, it's meant to be a whole character, like Lost and Michael Giacchino. That the 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 soundtrack was a character, uh, and it was non traditional in many ways, and and traditional in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like that. And Bridgerton is like kind of a mix of both. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just gives you a little bit of a push, but then sometimes it stands right out and mm-hmm. it stares at you and says, "Look at me," and. A lot of the times, soundtracks are not, I mean, they're good in the moment, but they're not listenable. Uh, for example, like season two of Outlander just was not like, put it on and just set it and forget it. You know, yeah. this, you know, Ronco, you know, set it and forget it. <laughs> um, That's the, um. what do you mean Ronco? The guy, remember the guy with Ron, Ron Popeil? No, it, with the turkey and the the, the twisting turkey, he said it and forget it with the oven. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when did you used to watch this on TV? This was like a, a late night, stay up at one a.m. Yeah, see, I never got to do that type thing until I grew up. By yeah, myself. Ron Popeil, man, no. and you know, said it and for, said it and forget it. And the whole crowd would say, "Forget it." The whole <laughs> okay. thing. Um, that was not. The, but Bridgerton, mm-hmm. the soundtrack. Is and yes. I'm not talking just about all the pop songs and how they were remade, which are so great, which are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about the actual score itself by Chris Bowers. Phenomenal! Like you can sit, you can just put it on, mm-hmm. leave it on in the background. I have it playing at work all the time, just because it calms me, but yes. it, it gets me excited. It's it's funky. You it's, feel like you should be sitting up a little straighter. Yep. Maybe choosing tea over coffee. Yep. You know? Yep, absolutely. So I'm I'm in on the soundtrack. The bad for me, there were a bunch of different things I feel like I could have pointed out here, but I think the big one for me is that the show didn't build on its own mythology. And I know we've talked about that, not ad nauseum, but it's something that we've mentioned a couple of times. And we, we've now had a chance to sit back and... Digest. Digest, let it, let it sink, and... I think part of Bridgerton is selling you on the world um, only because we can see it as an alternative universe, as an alternate universe. And whenever you institute that kind of storytelling device, you have to sell me on the alternate universe. And I think for the most part, it was sellable, but the backstory of how people of color came into these positions and, um, how that has affected daily life and what it means to just love conquers all. I, I, they, they teased it. They yes. teased it in so many different ways between Simon's dad and the queen and the king and all. And even Simon saying, listen, all of this is based on the whim of a king who's crazy mm-hmm. and it could change like that. They teased it and they never gave it to me they never and maybe that's something that's meant for more season two to be fleshed out they obviously had to plant a lot of seeds they obviously are hoping that this is going to be a long time season production but i agree with you being that it was such a different um just a different kind of cast for this type of a setting of a show and then they dropped in those things you're like okay all right like 
are are we are we talking about it? Are we not talking about it? You know? right. <laughs> so um, I hear what you're saying. It's like it's almost like they they had the guts to to bring it up and then they they lost it. They lost the courage to get in the 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 muck of the story just to understand it a bit more yeah. because you're right for yeah. them to say like it can be just ripped away quickly you know we wanted i understand and what was yeah. your great my great was the show's willingness to just give freedom rockets to everybody and say you know what oh he's so classy <laughs> you just you know what i don't care what you think we're gonna make the show that we want to make and it's not going to be 100% historically accurate. People people of color are going to be in these positions. We're the gonna, queen's like, just going to sniffy snuff whenever she wants she with just, the puppies. Whatever the hell she wants to do. And, you know, these uh, the dances are going are to be dances. And, you know, the characters are going to make their own moves. They may and, make love near swans, which is totally dangerous. And you know what? And if you like it, hey. awesome. And if you don't like it, go get your shine box. You'll and, never watch Belle on that bookshelf ever again the same right. way. <laughs> <laughs> I... Yeah, uh, here, uh, Joni here on Facebook says they Hamiltonized it. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. Because Hamilton, uh, in terms of the costuming and everything, not 100% accurate. And I don't care. Because the story itself in Hamilton and Bridgerton is what matters most. Mm-hmm. And they told a story they, they, the way they wanted yeah. to tell it. They put in music that was that was pop music. And they, they converted it. it. And they made it part of that world. That is awesome. And I'm so proud of a show to have the guts to say, mm-hmm. we're going to do this Regency thing and uh, we're just going to do it our way. Yep. And I don't care if you don't think it's the the exact way that Regency period stories and love stories should be. We're just going to do it. And uh, yeah, all the Freedom Rockets. Dig it. Love it. Love awesome. it. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my GBG. GBGs. And I'd love to know, Mary, um, well, the first question I have for you is... Could the show have benefited from being a 10-episode season? Or do you think it made the right choice in having just eight episodes and that's that? I would have loved to hang out for 10 episodes. What would you have added if you were in the 10-episode season? I would have fleshed out a wee bit more... um Simon and Daphne like getting back together. I think that the damage that was done to them could have used a little bit more healing time there. I don't particularly love Anthony. So I wonder if I had a little bit more time, if I would be enjoying Anthony's characters a bit more as I do know that book two is based upon Anthony and you do as a book reader end up really liking Anthony because of the second book. Whereas for 95% of this season, he was a schmuck. Um, I don't know or don't know if I'm supposed to care about a lot of the Bridgertons, mm-hmm. you know, like did Gregory even speak in the highest synth? Did yeah. she, or wait, Francesca, Francesca is the one that like showed up at the very end. Sure, so, Peggy. <laughs> and Peggy. Um, I just, I had so much fun being with these characters and being in this story that I think I could have enjoyed it fleshed out for a couple more episodes because I would have liked to be with them. I would have liked more moments with Penelope and Eloise and I would have liked just to be with everybody a bit more and to see more of their world and to promenade a bit more. The argument to be made, I think, as the devil's advocate here Mm -hmm. would be, listen, this season is focused primarily on Simon and Daphne and we're all the other stuff. Uh, the 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 mythology of it all and the stuff with Benedict and Anthony and whatever, it, it's all out because we're focusing solely on Simon and Daphne. 
So my question to you then, Mary, is did they do Simon and Daphne enough justice within the eight episodes or should it have been a nine or ten based just solely on Simon and Daphne? I mean, I'll give it to them. You're going to go with the eight? I'll go with the eight. I would have liked more. I would have liked more, as I said, that that was one of the main reasons. But on the flip side, people hurt each other and they do wrong things. But if they have a lot of other time and maybe they can heal. Okay. This is young love. You think about all the spats that you had with like your teenage or college partner. And then the next day you were like, never mind. No, granted. These weren't just spats that happened between Simon and Daphne, yeah, but this, I'm just was, saying that ugly. they seem to, you know, they seem like they're going to be one of those couples that fights a lot and then has a lot of makeup sex. Yes. Kind of like P.S. I love you. Yeah. Where they just rip on each other. Yeah. And then the, the next second. Boom. They're, they're in bed. Yes. Rumpy pumpy. I will tell you what, that is not how Blake and I handle conflict. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. But there are people who do. So that's how I see them. And that's kind of, you know, they've had just this kind of banter and stuff. So I just figure I'm like, oh, they're just one of those couples that are like, I hate you. I hate you too. (laughs) Wait, what are they like? You know, (laughs) that was not the sound of being attacked by a swan. That was supposed to be make out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. That's what she said. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hard disagree with you on this. Oh, I'm going to hard disagree. That's fine. I feel like Simon and Daphne deserve at least one more episode. If you wanted to make the argument that they had to build the show out a little bit more, sure. 10 episodes, but you know, it kind of reminds me of, it kind of reminds me of uh, game of Thrones. You know, nothing Jon Snow. When hashtag uh, spoilers at the end of the season, uh, the final season, you know, Danny makes the turn, right? She makes the turn to do what she does. I'm trying to like skate around it as much as I can. Um, that came like out of nowhere. It, and I feel like the conflict that was built up with Simon and Daphne mm. was a real legit conflict. Uh, one that requires time mm-hmm. and patience and the believability of that conflict was real. The solution to the conflict came so quickly and it was so tidy and it was so like in a nice tight little bow where that's one of the tropes of these Regency kind of stories where everything just ends happily and it's in a bow and yay, here it is. There's a big, there's the final, you know, dot on the exclamation point. I think the magic of the rain, Blake. The magic of the rain. Yes, I think they could have... um, Maybe that's what we need to do when we fight. Just go out into the rain. Go into the rain, just get wet. I'm fine with that. Right? I'll do it. Ruin ruin a new painting? Um, So, yeah, I think think I'm on board with that. All right, so the um, best character for you, Mary, who was the best character in the show either one that you is your favorite or okay. one that you think is just written the best hmm. how about you go first um my favorite <laughs> thank you my favorite yeah, character okay. has to be simon um and i like simon because he's got daddy issues and hashtag anytime you have a good drama you have to have good daddy issues and anytime you give me good daddy issues someone who has plenty of them i'm going to relate to that um 
I like that. I like his story. I like what how he changes uh, for the season. Um, I'm also I'm I'm a big fan of Eloise only because she's just such a modern style character. Yeah. Um, but I would if I'm gonna you know, if I'm gonna pick you know, one pick one I'm, I'm picking Simon okay. and I, I know that's that's an easy choice. But I really like Simon. I think he's a good character. And I like the actor, too. I like his delivery. I like Eloise. And I think, like, you see yourself a bit in Simon with the daddy issues, and I see myself as Eloise. Like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Um, I just think she she was fun. She was a great person to have on the side to kind of give different viewpoints of situations. She was kind of the anti-dress-up daughter as we got to see the foil right. with Daphne. So I just had, I had a lot of fun with Eloise. I would not mind being Eloise's friend. And I don't know if I could say that for everybody in this series. I think you would be Eloise. You would yeah. be Eloise. Yeah. You'd be like, nah, I'm not doing that. And then yelling at, you must make haste. Like, that would be you. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, worst like, worst character. Okay. So, you know, I've got, my my gut is saying Peter Pettigrew, who his real name is what? Burbrick? Burbrick. Yeah. Burbrick. Burbrick. The guy, the older guy that was, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Um, so say we are. Sorry. It's okay. It's Wrong okay. <laughs> it's totally all right. So I, um, yeah, I mean, just from the get-go when he's trying to hit on Daphne and she's not interested and he's just not getting the point, um, he just gave me the Evie, like the heebie-jeebie shivers. But yeah. I will say that someone who I really didn't like was Anthony. Really? I did not like Anthony. He made me feel a little bit better about him at the very end. So if I had to say my worst character, like I don't want to be near you, it would be Burbrick. Yes. But like I'm not Anthony's friend. Anthony's that guy in college who can sleep around, who's yeah. the cool kid, who like gets away with everything. That's not my friend. That's interesting. And only because we know that the next season is going to center around Anthony. Yeah, so they're going to have to fix him. Uh, yeah, is or he's this... going to need to fix himself. He's it... going to need to like go volunteer for Teach for America and feed orphans. <laughs> like Anthony has a lot of work to do. If I'm supposed to feel anything for him, aside yeah. from the fact that he's so hot, is is this His sex was so good it was good um this is for all you outlander nerds out there is is what they did to anthony on the same level as what they did to roger mckenzie hmm, good question um i would i don't know because i haven't read the book so i will find out no 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 just in terms of the likability like in in just the show in the show roger sucks in, like in the for the first like between seasons 3 and 4 he sucks season 5 they did sucks, better sucks but um so but he's supposed to be a character that everybody loves. And I and I feel like Anthony is the same thing. Would you in terms of the I the think leveling, that the show did Roger dirty. Yes. I think with Anthony, he's as they say in Shrek, he's an onion and he has layers. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know if I like onions if they're named Anthony. I don't know yet, okay? I what I can tell you is I'm gonna miss his sex with Sienna in season two. Yeah. Talk about chemistry. Oh, that was that was some fire How right there. Is her back after being rubbed against that tree in episode one though? So many scars. Has to be. Like you gotta be cut up. That like legitimately cut up. 
maybe you like line it with felt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so that's how about you? Who is your worst character? So mine is Burbrick, but I feel very conflicted with Anthony, knowing that he's the lead story of season two, but we'll see how that goes. I have two people here. Uh oh, it, well, I might go three. Just because they're all for different reasons. You just hate everyone, don't you? They're all for different reasons. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Um, I hate you. I hate you. uh, Lady Featherington. She is the worst. She is. She is. Oh my God, for a second I thought you meant Bridgerton. No, 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 no. No, no. no. Lady Bridgerton, she's a saint. You leave her out of this. Yes. Okay, she's a saint. Yeah. Lady Featherington is hashtag the worst. Because... She does all this conniving stuff. And I know she's just trying to like help her daughters. But I think the thing that sold me on it is that, okay, her husband croaks because he gets murdered. And she's upset. She like she gets upset. But then she goes to sit down at the desk to check to see if the money was there. And that's when she freaks. And I feel like you should be freaking because your husband just got murdered. Okay, well, maybe she was in shock and she's trying to figure out how am I going to feed all these people? Do I even have a home? How am I even going to pay for his funeral? Yeah, I get I get it all. I get it all. I'm just saying she's got to get a priority straight. But she doesn't really like her husband. That's also true, but she has daughters with this guy. and you know She the likes thing. her daughters. And um, she wants to make sure she can feed them and get them new dresses every week. And just, just not... I'm not backing her up. I think she's wretched as well. Not a great person. No. Not a great person. The other two are kind of similar for the same reasons. Okay. Uh, the first one is the prince. Stop. Nice guy. Bless his little Cormac McLaggen soul. <laughs> You're a wizard. Um... Nice guy. But yes. the way that the writers wrote him, total LD. And I'm out on that because he could have been so much more for, for Daphne. Could have been so much more for her and made the choice that much hotter. But who knows? Like maybe he just, you know, proposed to her to like please his aunt when really he's like, eh, she was kind of boring. Like, what? I mean, Daphne is kind of boring. Yeah, and he is She's also sweet. the prince. Yeah, so he's probably like, I don't know. The next stop, I hear the girls, yeah. gymnasts. <laughs> they can I'll play just the go accordion. To like, I yeah. Let me. I'll move on. Yeah, what well, you know? It's what? a big C. We'll figure it There's out. There's lots of fish. Maybe like, he'll go to Greece and see a girl there. Oh who my gosh! Can... If he eats grilled feta, oh. That would change. He won't his life. even need a bride. Okay, <laughs> he just get he just be next to the the cheese maker. Yes, <laughs> give me some capers, some roasted, uh, some roasted tim- red peppers. Yep, peppers all over that grilled feta. Done. Oh yeah, we'll never see the prince again. Yep. In um, gosh, Blake, the, the last one for me is is Marina. Um, I am out on Marina, and on in the worst way. Marina is not a great character. Agreed. Um, and not because she's not a nice person or whatever. It's just that she was just so nothing. And that's another person I feel like the writers could have given us a little bit more about. And I don't want anything more about her. I mean, that's true. I mean, but if you got more, if you got more from her, would it be better? And I feel like, yeah, you probably would have if they just gave her an actual personality other than somber in the corner because I'm pregnant. So I, I, that's how I feel about it. Um Okay, so the best moment 
for you, Mary. Who? What is the best moment in the show for you? This is so hard. This is so hard to pinpoint because, you know, you've got all these little moments where you're like, I love that. I love that. I loved family dinner with the Bridgertons yep. with all the kids there and Simon just fitting in. And, you know, it just it makes you think about all the holidays you didn't get to spend <laughs> with your family. And I felt like, oh, I may not be celebrating Christmas with my family at a big table, but I'm sitting at the Bridgertons. Yeah. Like, throw some food at me, Francesca. <laughs> Gregory's under the table, like, yep. playing with a dog. I, you know, I just, it felt homey and cozy, and I loved that that moment. Yep. Um, I got to give it up, Lady Bridgerton, when she got the job done with all the, like, women talk. And oh, that we're was gonna, really like, good. We're going to bring Berbert down. And she put Anthony in his place. Yes. She's just like, mm, who are yes. you again? Like, what do you think you're doing? I did love Simon and Daphne's banter. I just loved their their wittiness and um, how they spoke with each other. So those were always moments that I loved. Yep. And another moment that I will never forget about the season is Anthony and Daphne not realizing how to warm milk. <laughs> and they've just got like this gallon jug, well, a half gallon yeah, jug of milk, and they're drinking a, out of it. A preposterous amount of milk. Neither of them know how to turn on the stove. Like, it's just, it's a it's a fun little scene that I also will never forget. So how about you, Blake? What was your best moment? cow got dusted making that amount of milk. And they were just like two sips and done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for me, best moment. Most memorable moment. The I one that you? I think about for this show. No, not I burn for Ooh. you. Uh, because that's too obvious. Look at us trying to be a little different. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, you know, echo chamber. I go I for dinner and milk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best moment, not I burn for you, though good. So good. Uh, it was them, it was Simon and Daphne uh, viewing the paintings. and Oh my gosh, yes! And just that slow hand movement. Yeah. Uh, it, that... You've been there. I know that I was there with you, Mary. Uh, when you know when we first started dating, I I was in love with you the second I saw Aww. you. I, and and yes, ladies and gents, um, this is going to sound corny. It is a hundred percent true. I fell in love with my wife the minute I met her, and that it was, was several minutes late. It was like twenty minutes late to our first date. Uh, Mary was. That's why I thought I was getting ditched. Um, I, I met her at a pub. Um, and I was just busy looking for a free parking spot because I didn't want to pay $4. <laughs> um, and I've been there with you, even though I, I loved you from the second I met you, uh, where it was like super awkward and like you, you want to show that affection, but you don't know how. And you're like, kind, like you just like, is she going to pay it? Like, if I do this, is she going to like, co- you know, cower away from me? Like get disgusted Aww. and spit on me or like, Ew, who um, does that? Uh, or is she going to accept it? And I found that moment between the two uh, stunning. Yes. Uh, when I think of the show, I think of that moment um, and how important it is for those two characters, because no matter what they say to each other, no matter what, difficulties they go through with each other uh they can always fall back on that one moment and it's it's an indicator to you as a viewer that what they have is far beyond what they're talking about and what they have is far beyond any argument they're going to get in these two want and desire to be with each other and this was the first moment and it was done in such an artful 
and beautiful way. And it was quick too. It, it wasn't something that was uh, lingered on. I mean, it was lingered on, but it didn't, it, it was given to you. And then within a second taken away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that excellent. Agreed. I find that excellent. Uh, your most eye roll uh, inducing moment, Mary, for uh, Bridgerton season Aside one. Aside from Daphne's assault on Simon. Um. Yes. Okay. I mean, if you wanted to do that, I'd I be mean, okay I with it. I mean, I feel like we fleshed that out quite a lot in the episode in which that took place. I am still out on that. Yeah. And I do know that it was handled better than in the book. Um. But anyway, um, <laughs> if I had to choose something other than that, oh, eye roll moment. Yeah. Meaning, like, like, I'm annoyed. Oh, God, like that. You just wish they didn't do it, or you wished that it wasn't in there, or like, oh, that could have been handled a little bit better. You know, just that, like that whole thing. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I still, I know this is going to sound silly. I still feel very awkward about Benedict's age. Is that an eye roll moment? It's... It, well, I mean, it's not a moment per se, but it's an eye roll. It's a little sticky thing that I just still can't shake as he looks so much older than Anthony. And I don't believe that he's like a teenage, you know, or young adult man. Like, yeah. I think he's my age. Yeah. So that's just something that I stick to. Um, well, how about you? What is your eye roll inducing moment from season one of Bridgerton? Oh, man. Um, I got two and they both kind of have to do with the same person. Like, I'm and, trying to understand, I guess, your eye roll thing. Is it that, like... No, if the moment just... if It could be really anything that you want it to be. Is it something that pained your heart? Or is it something that you think the show no, did wrong? No, an eye roll is, like, is something that the show did wrong. Okay. And, and like, whatever context you believe that to so be. So, me saying Benedict doesn't look the right age is an eye roll. In, okay. Yeah, it's eye roll inducing. Okay. Uh, for me, because it doesn't pass the smell test, right? Like, you, you look at them and you're like... Mm. You're not 19. You're not 19. Get out of here, <laughs> How guy. Old supposed no, to be. I don't care yeah. how old you think you are. You ain't that. Yeah. You know, um, for me, I, I, two things, and they kind of go along with the same person, and they both have to do with Madame Delacroix. And the reason why I say that is because the show- That is who I based my shirt upon today. I, 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 that's great for you, man. That's great. You do you. Um, me, me. Uh, For me- <laughs> For me, the the issue that I take with her, and not necessarily her in general, is first, uh, not not her necessarily her specifically, but what the show does with her. Okay. The first thing is they give you that that fake out with her uh, to make you think that she's Lady Whistledown, and I feel like that is an issue for me because they're doing that purposely. They're being dishonest. Well, you. you're following along Eloise as she's figuring it out. So I didn't feel like the show gave us a red herring. I think that, that we were seeing it through Eloise's deductions. Um, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Through that lens, that's fair. I, I think I would have just preferred it that Eloise just doesn't know. And then all of a sudden, we get the reveal at the end. Hmm. And if you wanted to make the, an argument about the reveal being an eye roll in, inducing moment, I'd also... Be happy to have that conversation because I think that's a fair argument. I'd be devil's advocate. I kind of like it, but I I would I would hear the conversation. The other moment for me too is um, when Benedict hears this thing from um, 
from uh, Lord Granville and, and you know, I, I'm in love and I can't be with the person I, and you can do whatever you want. And he's like, yeah. And, and Benedict says, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Madame Delacroix. It just kind of feels like out of nowhere. It's like the world is your oyster. Yeah. And he's like, cool. And you just picked the last girl you hooked up with because you met her at a party. I don't know. Maybe she does some wild stuff. Maybe, maybe she does. And if she does, I hope so. I mean, they have to lock that door. Who knows what they're doing? Yeah. Um, I, Martina here on Facebook says Eloise research was a bit of an eye roll moment. I, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give you that too. Like the whole subplot of the queen going to Eloise and saying, I want you to find out who Lady Whistledown you, you is. You young child. Yes. It's and, and and nothing ever came of it other than the queen trying to figure it out. She should have given Eloise at least a Starbucks card. Yeah, something. Come on. You know, like... A for effort. Give me an Amazon gift card so I can figure it out. Maybe like a stop and shop. Buy a new planner. Buy a new notebook. I scribbled (laughs) on that other one with frivolous predictions. All right, best character arc for you, uh, for the show, out of all the characters in the show... Who went from one thing and at the end of the season became another? And who has that best arc for you? Okay, so I think the easy person to choose is Simon. Yes, absolutely. So I'm not going to choose Simon because I think he's easy. Fair enough. I'm going to choose Violet Bridgerton. Wow, Mary dropping the people's elbow. Oh. oh my goodness gracious. From like, you do the right thing, you just get out there and you let go, Mary, and oh, you just listen to your brother. Okay, well, this is what you got, and yep. okay, here we go. I'm not really listening to you, and I suck at telling you how to have sex and actually how babies are made, and ha ha ha, good luck. <laughs> to, I messed up, you're right. I'm sorry I did this wrong. This is great, Mary. I, I'm going to be there by your side when you realize you're not pregnant, and I'm not going to make the same mistakes with Eloise. Wow. Excellent job, Mary. I... You know what? I'm actually going to give you this. Gosh. You usually give it to yourself. <laughs> Makes me want to shout. Absolutely. Nope. Oh, I even got it. Uh, you, I was going to give you a second one, but okay. then you no, know what? It's, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm holding back. I'm holding back. It's okay. Um... Yeah, that's a really good choice, Mary. I think I kind of agree with you on that one. And like, she knows her daughter loves Simon, and she's the one that convinces her to like go for it, fix your marriage. You can do this. Like, Violet? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, huh. What do I want to do? So, who's your best art? You know, my. <sighs> The obvious one is Simon, and and I have I to. I mean, say you can it. acknowledge him. Simon is rushed. I think um, he gets to the point that he gets to for the sake of the story. Like the, it, it, you know, um, characters should always dictate story, not the other way around. That is a Marion Blake commandment, right? And it has been since day one. Characters dictate story. Stories do not do not dictate character. I feel like by the end of the story, story dictated Simon, Simon that they it needed him to be okay with having a kid. So they put him in his position to be okay with having a kid just because that's what it needed. Having said that, I think where he goes, where he starts and where he ends is a complete turnaround uh, and it affects the most change for this person 
um, in this story. I, I feel like he's probably the best arc. Dark Horse candidate, though? Complete Dark Horse candidate. Sienna. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm throwing Sienna in the ring. I'm gonna let her. I'm gonna let her. You know, come off the top rope and 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 prove all you wrong. That girl went from wanting to be sexed on a tree, sexed on a tree, to then like having that life given back to her, turning around and saying, "No, mm-hmm. you and I are toxic. You and I will not work. I'm going to be with somebody who really loves me." And I'm going to be with somebody where I don't have to change. Yep. I don't have to be someone. And that is always a great arc for me. Give me somebody who starts off one way and is content and is happy in their beginning. Something happens to take that away. And they lament over it. They get tortured over it. And they finally get a chance to have that life back. And they realize if I do that... I'll never have the life that I really, really want. They they come out of their stasis mm-hmm. and they say, nope, no more stasis for me. I'm moving forward. Uh, I think of uh, Finding Nemo all the time when, you know, Marlon finally gets Nemo back. Like, like if, the tears like are pouring out of me. Of the, uh, of, of the way through. And he has the chance to go back to his little, his little An fish enemy. hut. And he says, <laughs> no. I'm not doing that. All Marlon wanted the entire film was to get Nemo back and go the home and enjoy the view. That's all I want. And he says, no, I'm not doing that. And Sienna does the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when I have that, that is a full, complete story. Yes. And I and that's my Dark Horse candidate. I like it. I'm sticking to it. And so who would be your worst arc of season one? Uh, Daphne. Really? Because she doesn't change. I mean, she does a bit. No, she doesn't. She, she doesn't change at all. She has like a speed bump. She doesn't change. She gets everything she wants. She gets to get married. She gets to have uh, the Duke. She gets to have kids. Everything, the way that she starts is the exact way she ends. Wow. I mean, I, you could say that the physical thing of it is different in that she does have a kid. She does get married. Like she doesn't start the exact, but emotionally she stays the exact same. She's that Wow. Okay. Then wouldn't you say like Lady Danbury is kind of the same? Like static line? Uh, At least I feel like Daphne had some growth, man. I feel like she had some speed bumps. Yes. Did she get everything she wanted in the end? Yes. And did she not even realize the potential of glorious sex she would be having with her husband for the rest of her life? Lucky duck. Look at her. Swans. Bookshelves. (laughs) Bookshelves. <laughs> yeah, but that we doesn't change her. I think it did. Well, but I'm not saying no, I'm not saying she had like momentous character development. I agree with you. Yep. But if you're just looking at static, I look at, you know, the queen, Lady Danbury, like I don't know. Yeah, I, I and and I'm not saying that you're wrong. You I, know who I think had the worst arc? Worst arc. Colin. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he changes a little bit. How? Because he goes into the season with an idea of who he wants to be, and he convinces himself that Marina is the right choice. And then he still tells her, I still would have married you had you told me you were pregnant, but it, because I love you, even though I just met you. But his, his, his last act, the one that changes him, is the one that gives him the worldly 
ability, which is I'm going to go and experience life. I see that as running away from his problems. Um, like to me, I'm like, whatever. I mean, once again, if we find out that Colin had these grand experiences in season two, then I'll feel like he had an arc. But to me, I just kind of feel like, why does Penelope see in this, this guy? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, like you have Penelope, the, the, one of the best ladies on this show. Yes. You don't see her. No. He doesn't see her. Shame on you, Colin, for not seeing Penelope. Yes, he does see her at the dance and dances with her. But he just doesn't really see her right now. And it breaks my little heart. And the whole thing with Marina falling in love with her. I mean, I don't blame him for falling in love with her. But then the the quick betrothal and then saying, yes, I still would have married you anyway. I mean, some people could sit there and say, oh, Colin. But I just look at it. I'm like, you're getting dumber and dumber each episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Denise on Facebook says Lady Danbury was a freaking badass, so she yeah. doesn't need to change. True. And I would kind of agree with Denise on this one. She is as important of a character as she is. She's a side character who, who does one thing. It's like when reincarnation happens and you finally make it to that top level. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Lady after Danbury. Cow. Yeah. <laughs> do you know that? Supposedly reincarnation, like depending on how well you do in life or how poorly you do, you come back as something better or worse. Yeah. You know, so if you had a bad, if you were a bad person, you'd probably come back as like a frog. Yep. But like when you're really good, to the top, somewhere is like a cow. Wow, interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I have a good honorable mention for best arc. Go for it. Uh, Will. Who? Will. Will, the boxer. <gasps> okay, boxer. Yes. Uh, Will's arc Mm, is important. It's important because it shows you what people were capable of doing and what he needed to do to to take care of his family and it also leads it lends a little juice to the next season mm-hmm. some i don't think that we're going to see the end of will so, something's going to something bad's going to happen to him and we're going to oh, we're going we're going to get not. into that towards the end of this uh podcast um your best musical choice mary That is really hard. Yeah. I do love Max Richter's Spring. Oh, I totally agree. You stole it right out of my mouth. Well, this is why we're married, Blake. <laughs> or the Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is really good. Um, I really like that. The The next one after Max Richter's Spring, uh, or the Four Seasons, uh, because they also use Summer. Um, I really like Bad Guy. Ooh. Bad guy is great. Yeah, I, I just I and especially the way that they used it and all how they were entering into the garden party and all the mm-hmm. people are talking about it. When, was it the garden party? It was one of the balls. They they were all talking about how you know um, you know Daphne is just a commoner and all sort of stuff and everybody is just talking about it and and it's just the bad guy. I find that just fantastic. Well, you take that and I'll take spring. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I will do that. All right. We've got some listener questions here. Some things that people have uh, brought to our attention that they would like us to address. And if you're joining us live, this is the moment. If you have any little bits that you would like to share and possibly have read in the podcast, you can write them in the comments. Just start your comment with a B emoji. Yes. And that will be something that Blake and I will look for in the comments. So we're going to start reading these ones that we got emailed or from patrons and then we will go to comments from our live feed. All 
right, so the first one comes from Angela. Hello, Angela. Angela says, while I thought the reveal that um, Penelope was Lady Whistledown was a nice twist, mm. she had her money on the dressmaker early on, figuring that she hears everything. Delacroix. It felt a bit implausible to me, and, and this is why. Here is this young girl who barely knows squat about life and uh, in relationships and sex, etc. And behind the scenes, she is really the wise, mature, knowing voice. She's speaking on life lessons and marriages, etc. It just feels like she could never be worldly wise enough to have that voice to pen such a thing. Although it just dawns on her that her name, Pen, is a <laughs> yes. hidden clue. Uh, she did, Angela, read an article that she's always shown reading, reading. Penelope. Oh, good, yes. And that That's is a clue. But I don't know. These girls were really still naive, and it's so hard, such a hard pill to swallow. But okay, I love the show. So, Marvin, your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I, you know, we always see Penelope reading. Even just uh, right before the show, I actually was like listening to um, episode one. It was just playing in the background as I was tending to my hair yeah. um, and you know yeah the first thing you hear is Penelope put the book down and I wonder how much Penelope reads not only about fiction and learning about different characters and relationships but also who knows she could be reading about psychology sociology she gets to see the relationship that's awkward between her parents and what her older sisters are now being put through so I think that as Penelope is the youngest um She's just overshadowed and she gets to be a really great observer. So I do think that there are some people who in their youth really can soak in a lot depending upon their situations. And I think as Lady Whistledown, she's not giving life lessons necessarily. She's like page six. Like Lady Whistledown created the first page six. That's what it really is to me. And yeah, I see it as like, this is probably not her older daughters, the Featherington's older daughter's first time being out in public. So, um, you know, Penelope has seen this and she kind of knows, knows the language and knows what people are looking for. But I appreciate that. Amanda Jane wrote, I would love hindsight into Simon's evolution and the resolution. It seemed really rushed and unbelievable to me. Yeah, this one is... Interesting. I, I know we've talked about it a, a little bit in this podcast, and I, I, it's worth, I think, discussing a little bit further, only because you have years worth of emotional repression uh, in terms of Simon, and you have someone who has made this vow to not only his father, but to himself. And within a night, this not even a night within an instant because some rain drenched down on him a little bit and and Daphne says we're going to do this together nothing else matters I don't see it as the night I see it as he has had he's it seems like he's never fallen in love before Okay, and this is his first love. This is his big love. He's finally let her in. The whole painting thing and like talking about his mother's favorite painting. He's let somebody in. It's pretty much like Elsa. Love melts a frozen heart. (laughs) And that's what Daphne did. And it wasn't just that night in the rain. Sorry, hold on. That was too low. I have to play this louder. It was all along. He was letting Daphne in. Yes. Um, I think that's a little bit of a logic jump for me. Because he was so... Like, just let me be in my imaginary world, okay? It's the (laughs) only thing that brought me joy in 2020. Fair enough. This one comes from Karen. She (laughs) says, I'd like to know if you can shed any light on why the Regency era seems to be a popular setting for romance stories. What was going on in that time frame? 
Well, the Regency era is named Regency only because King George the Third uh, was crazy, and he there was a regent, which was his son, that was supposed to be the next king, and it was it just it no is what idea. it is. It is what it is, uh, and then the queen is essentially as a queen regent running the country. Um, so. And it's just, it's like this magical kind of time, I feel like. Uh, I don't know the specific reason why the Regency is so popular, uh, only because I just feel like it's it's a time that just feels romantic. And the setting of it, and the high-class society, and the the balls, and the the dresses, and the, the honorable men, and the... The feeling of that, and this is somewhat pedantic, but a knight in shining armor coming to sweep you up off your feet and everything seems to get resolved by the end. It's Uh, like the prince princess, but a bit more approachable because it's a bit more closer to our time frame. People lived in more cities, so they were able to meet more. You know, you think about the old fashioned prince princess, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset because you can barely even find anybody. They're all so spread about. But then at this time frame, because just of technology and advancements in life, it was a very social time frame. Mm -hmm. Like being social was a very, very important thing. And yet it was still before the cusp of everything changing. Right. It was a simpler, well, I mean, you could feel like to say that about a lot of different things, but it was a simpler time before, this is before the world really started to advance in, in, in terms what time of its frame connectivity. Is this? this is like 1813, 1812, 1814 yeah. in, that, in that time frame. So that is technically the Regency period. And mind you, like we're only seeing the pretty parts. We're not seeing the other side of society, which there was a large portion of. You know, we're only seeing the upper crust, but it's just pretty. Yes. That's why I think. Uh, The next one comes from Sandy. She asks, why was the upper class called the ton in the show? And I actually have the answer for you. Oh my gosh, good, because I don't. Uh, (laughs) It's actually, the ton is a shortened version of uh, a French term, which is le bon ton. Uh, which means good manners. And as these people, as these uh, people in the high society are coming into the social structure, into the high society, uh, they have to attend all the different balls and, and women need to dress up and they have to be, men have to be immaculately dressed and they have to be graceful and it has to be like perfect. very picture perfect. Okay. Uh, and women were not allowed to talk to other men unless they were properly introduced. And Le Baton became really, really, really important because if they had, if the people wanted to be accepted into mm-hmm. this high society or whatever, they had to marry a wealthy or powerful person. And they had to do all these different things. To, it's like a circle that keeps feeding in okay. on itself. In order to be high society, you have to marry into high society. In order to, in order to facilitate high society, you have to, be somewhat wealthy and you have to act a certain way and if you act a certain way you'll continue to marry into the high society and it's it's called the ton because it is le bon ton so that is that we do have a voicemail oh let's listen to it we do have a voicemail actually let me see if we got any more just in case i do know we have some feedback on our social channels as well okay well uh, well, you want to get into those first or do you want to do the voicemail and then all right let's do the voicemail shall we Hi, Marion Blake. This is Veronica from Sunnyvale, California. Question. 
So um, now that I'm reading the books and I see that each book is about each sibling, um, which means that with season two, we will not get a lot of Simon and Daphne. Um, it will be Anthony's story. What are your predictions? What do you think the show should do to not disappoint uh, people who are just the viewers and are super attached to Simon and Daphne? What would be the best way for the show to handle this? Thanks. Blake, I'll let you take it. Well, Veronica, I have a really good answer for you, but I'm going to hold off. <laughs> I'm going to hold off until uh, the end of this podcast. Okay. Uh, because that leads us to another section that I want to get to. Okay. All right. So, Veronica, I will answer your question, I promise. And I think Mary probably has some advice for that, too. Uh, but it relates directly to how I want to end the podcast. Okay. So we'll save the answers for then. All right. Let's get into the the live ones, shall we? Yes, we And uh, let's see if we have any... We got to go down here in our comments. Okay. First one comes from Leslie. Marvin, go ahead. Leslie says, season two is about Anthony, but if you could choose a different character, who would you choose, Blake? Oh, that's a really good question. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. See, I feel like, because you, you have to operate within the, the construct of what the show built, right? Correct. And I feel like the show built towards Anthony. Okay. It suggested that he is coming up next. However, a big however... I would Not throw, a however, a however. However. <laughs> uh, I would throw Eloise in the ring nice. on this one. I, I, I feel like her story is is a good natural jumping off point mm. from Daphne. Okay. Uh, how about you? I want to go with Will. With Will? I don't know. I'm just trying to pick someone different. Because <laughs> okay. I, too, love Eloise. Sign right. me up. I mean, heck, I'll just like hang out with Lady Danbury all the time. It doesn't even need to be interesting. Yeah, sure. Just hang out at her parties. All right, this one comes from Jessica. She says, how do they plan on continuing the show with the same actors? I haven't read the books yet, but I cannot wait for the book club uh, that Mary will be doing. So, again, go to jointhenerdclan.com and take advantage of Mary's yes. book club when she's talking about The Duke and I, which I'm very excited for. Uh Jessica asks, just wondering if you think they will actually be able to keep the same actors. Generally, when it comes to these kind of shows, the actors, since this is an American production, they operate under different rules than a British or European uh, kind of production. European productions usually require their actors to sign between, between one and three seasons worth of television. If you notice, like um, Downton Abbey, right? Uh, Matthew Crawley. He left after season three, hashtag spoilers, um, because his contract was up and he just wanted to do different stuff. He's like, I'm going to be so famous. Yeah. And like, he kind of is, Dan Stevens. Like, he's done some really cool stuff, but not Downton Abbey, right? So it's it's very common for, for European shows to only have between one and three seasons for their actors. For American shows, American productions, you generally have between, depending on the show and the idea of how long you think you're going to go. And for Shonda Rhimes, I think they probably, Netflix made a hefty investment. No, no, I know they made a hefty investment in her. And they probably said, we're going to do Bridgerton and it's going to be a big deal. So they probably got their actors signed up for at least five seasons. At least. That's my go suggestion. Go big or go home. So, yes, I think they will continue to use the same actors. Martina says, do you think season two will be popular? Be as popular when the Duke and Daphne are lo- no longer the center of the story? No, I don't. I don't. I think you had two electric leads. Um, 
I don't find low rent Hugh Jackman to be as as electric. Victoria says, who do you think took the fall over that disappearing necklace? Continuity or editing? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Got to be continuity. I would say continuity as well. Yeah. Um, Because that's not an editing thing. It should have been that Cressida picked it up. Someone should have picked up the necklace. Yes. And if Cressida had seen them out on the garden, you know, had she been right there in the balcony, she would have picked it up and like, you know, oh, you dropped this or something or brought it back to the prince or something. If that is something that was filmed, if that was editing, that's a big mistake. Agreed. Huge. 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 (laughs) Um, Julia Roberts is in the corner with her bags. Huge. Yes. Um, Huge mistake. If that is if that is editing, that's either on the editor, which I doubt, or it's on the showrunner, which is a bigger deal to me. Agreed. If that's the case, that's just uh, that's just not paying attention. So it has to be continuity. Uh, the next one comes from Caitlin. She says, "If you got to spend a day in the Bridgerton world, what color theme and flower theme would you use for your end of season debut ball, Mary?" Oh my gosh! What was the flower that you had for our for our wedding? Uh, the the spin the spinning the the twisty thing the fiddler no, the fiddle fern fiddle fern yeah. yes you fiddle I think you would do fiddle ferns probably but that's not like a flower yeah whatever it's like that, a stick but I love it but that would be fiddlehead very, fern fiddlehead fern that would be very Eloise of you yeah. to choose like a fiddlehead fern instead of flowers yeah it'd be very like um. Yeah, it'd be very earthy and just funky. Yeah, what colors would you choose for your? For okay, your so color if it's team? fiddlehead ferns, yes, I'd be doing all different shades of moss green. Really, I figured you would go with the jewel tones. No, because I'd be going for this like little nymph party. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be having one. I'd be having you know that lady that like had a baby, but her husband died, and she was like, "I have crazy parties." Yes, and they had the people flying around acrobats. I'd give her a run for her money. I'd be like, oh, you have acrobats? I'm going to have a nymph party. <laughs> just people flying. Just flying around. I don't even know. Whatever. Just nymphs. That's it. Just <laughs> prancing around. Suzanne asks, if Penelope's family is so broke, how does she get the funds to print her paper? That's a good question. I think, she, doesn't she get money for her paper? Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like she probably had a little bit of money stacked away a little bit yeah. that she got the initial investment into the paper yeah. and then people start buying her stuff. Yeah, now she's set. Now she's, she's like, set. I don't need a dowry. I've got myself taken care of. Yep. This uh, is my little side hustle. Let's see. Um, I think that is it, oh, my love. Hold on, we got Sam. Sam says, I'm British, so that the historical period of the Regency period was in between the Enlightenment and the Industrial Revolution. And the agricultural got dirty revolution and coal was happening. It was a time of change, but not as radical as the Industrial Revolution and the public repression of the Victorians. Uh, sound, sound, sound reasoning. Uh, and that is right, potentially why the Regency period is so popular as a storytelling setting. Uh, Angela says, won't Eloise feel betrayed a little if and when she finds out her bestie is Lady Whistledown and kept it from her in all of their talks, acting like she was trying to help figure it out. I would feel a wee bit played if I were her. Agreed. I think it'll be a little thing that maybe they have a tiff over for an episode. That's what I think. Um, Yeah. 
I, I'm kind of with you on that one. <laughs> uh, all right, that is the end for all of the listener questions that Thank we have. Thank you all as so up much to, for as submitting. So, Blake, where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my question for you, Mary, is, and this goes into what Veronica asked in uh, her voicemail. Mm-hmm. Does Anthony have enough juice? To get into the next season, is he the kind of lead actor that you think is worthy of a show that is the most popular show on Netflix in Netflix history and the most popular podcast? I don't think he does, but I think Bridgerton has the juice. So what they're probably doing is they're probably sitting there and they're they're saying what worked and what didn't. Even though this is Anthony's time to shine... How are we going to, if we, if we need more Simon and Daphne, how yeah. are we going to keep them really threaded so that that way we get to have all these storylines but still have everybody that we care about? You know, it makes me think of Downton Abbey. We had so many characters on that show that we cared about because they took the time to really thread them all around and through. And there were yes. some seasons that were more focused on, you know, Mr. Bates and other seasons that were focused on Mary Crawley, you know? So I think just making sure that we still feel as connected to Daphne and Simon. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin here says, oh my God, Blake, don't say juice in regards to Anthony in this show. Thank you. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, <sighs> so, well, I have faith. I have faith. I mean, that's it. They've got time. Thanks to COVID. They have time right now. It's not like they're cranking things out and they have to a schedule to meet right now. They kind of get to sit back and say, what worked? What do, What worked? And how can we continue this momentum right. so that when we do come back, which is going to be a while from now, it's going to make another big bomb in Netflix. And people are going to be so, not a bomb in a bad way, but like, you know, yeah. b- blow ratings out of the water. Yeah. So I think the fact that they get to sit back and let it breathe a smidge and hear podcasts like ours and see other reviews where they say, oh gosh, people people really had mixed feelings about Anthony and right. they really love Simon and Daphne. I think it's going to take care of itself. I, uh, Mary, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think any good showrunner should, cons- should tell the story they intend to tell. But when something isn't working, they need to be able to pivot and tell the story that they need to tell through different through a different lens. I don't know if Anthony, the character, worked for me uh, in season one, and maybe that was by design. Maybe that was on purpose. I, I tend to think probably not, because they need you to be invested in Anthony, so that when season I felt two bad for him at the end, but that was it. <sighs> felt badly. Yes, I felt bad, especially when he takes those flowers and throws them down, looks out, and, the, and there's that great moment when he, they show him just pause for a minute and look mm-hmm. out and say, all right, Once what again, am I doing? You should not have wasted those flowers. Give them to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> the issue that they have as a show, and this is what Chris Van Dusen and Shonda Rhimes have to figure out, Simon and Daphne are, as we said, electric. They're stars right now. They, they are stars. There's there's no way around it. I you can't I can't figure out a way around it. These two on our screen right now. If you're watching us live, these two are the reason why this, in my opinion, yes. this show worked so well yes. because it was flames between these two. Yes, it reminds me. You brought it up of Downton Abbey, Mary. Um, when when Lady Mary and Matthew Crawley get together, oh. and the most romantic scene in all of television history. 
proposing in the snow on outside Christmas of Downton Abbey on Christmas Eve, and you will not change my mind. <laughs> Most romantic scene in television history. It's like saying, here's Lady Mary and Matthew. Here's Here they are for this one season. Guess what? We're going away from them. Mm-hmm. You cannot you do that. You can't. And when they did do that, the show suffered. Agreed. show suffered huge. So do I think they'll have somewhat of a similar fate on Bridgerton? Yeah, I do. So they need to manufacture a way to get Simon, Simon and Daphne into the picture for season two. The only way I see them doing that is if season two focuses on Anthony that plays concurrently with season one. So the timelines have to be like um, meshed together. So you see... Um, you see the events of season one. But you see redeeming qualities of it. Like he's helping out the hungry in his spare time. Sure, whatever. Or he, like, or he's like fostering puppies that were outside abandoned. <laughs> I'm trying yes. to redeem Anthony in his spare time when he's off screen. And But not only that, <laughs> you, you, like there, there has to be okay. event that's like back to the future. Like you see events one way and then the, and then the next movie you see the events a different way. But we just need to continue to have Simon and Daphne sprinkled in. Somehow, some way, Simon and Daphne have to be a major player and their, their, their presence has to be felt. Has to be. If, if you're not, if, if it's not, if they're just... If there is no more swan sex... <laughs> There's going to be a problem. They've got a problem. It's a good problem to have. This is yes. first world problems. Look, we got two burgeoning stars on our yes. sh- on our show who people are going gaga for. And we can't get enough. And yeah, like it's become the most popular show in Bridgerton and it, it, on it, Netflix and, yeah. and 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 companioned companioned with the most popular podcast about the show. Um, what are we going to do to help facilitate this? Seriously. It's a it's a big problem to have and. The only way, again, I, the way the only way I see it fixed is if Anthony's timeline in the second season plays along with the timeline we just watched. Well, in that'd season be one. interesting. And then it takes that initial like like what what is what does Anthony do right from the moment that he leaves Sienna's house to when he's at the house with with Daphne saying, "Yeah, I'm just going to get married, not for love." He goes but to Seven Eleven and gets Ben and Jerry's fish food. Maybe maybe a Slurpee. Like, all of us do. Oh my god! <laughs> like Mary, I had a very bad week this week, guys. Yes, um, I'll talk about it at some point. But um, I door dashed a Seven Eleven Slurpee to my house. Yes, she did. And even the Just guy, a Slurpee. Even the door dasher, like I didn't know Mary did this. He came up with a big red large Slurpee from Seven <laughs> Eleven. He's like. You know, man, I, I'm not going to lie. I've never done this before. This is pretty crazy. <laughs> he's like laughing. He's like, this one's going in the books. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Patricia, Patricia here says, since Simon is a good friend of Anthony's, that is how these stories can continue to be linked. Well, and I'm also wondering now that uh, Daphne and Simon are the Duke and Duchess, they're going to have to be having lots of balls. And if Anthony is on, you know, supposed to be dancing with ladies at balls... Maybe they could just host like two a year. Uh, yeah, that's true. Two a season. Uh, Angela makes a good point. She says, well, there was a nine-month jump in the finale. True. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there, there's there's some stuff to be mined there. Um, yeah. All right. So I, that that's how I will answer that question, Veronica. That's a long 
answer for you, but that's that's my thought on there that. There we go. Bridgerton uh, season one. Yes. Um, Bridgerton season one. I dug it. I dug I really it too. Dug it. And I look forward to season two. I think it's going to be a while before we get it. Uh, my best guess is... My best guess... Okay. Is... Ooh, fall 2022. Okay. That's my best guess. Best guess meaning most optimistic or you really feel... Okay. Optimistic. Yikes. That is is if everything everything falls right and everything just just goes the right way. The planets align. Okay. Fall fall 2022. That's my guess. I'll just do a lot of rewatches. And a lot of book club time. (laughs) So much book club time. (laughs) All right, Marvin, you ready to close this bad boy out? Yes, I am. Let's close it out, shall we? for spending this time listening to Bridgerton with Marianne Blake. This is a show that captivated us, brought us a lot of light in a time of dark, and we know that it probably did that for you as well. And the fact that you spent this time hanging out with us, talking about the show, means so much to Blake and I. So if you haven't yet left a review, in particularly Apple Podcasts, a written review, five stars are best, um, please do. I meant you spent... You spent at least nine hours with us. Think about that. And actually, a little bit more. Yeah, I, I would say probably closer to twelve. Yeah, we've we've hung out for a while. So <laughs> if you liked us this much, please leave us a review, share the podcast, and um, better yet, head on over to jointhenerdclan.com because yeah, yeah. I'm going to start reading the Duke and I after Valentine's Day, so the sec- uh, the 15th of February, um, and it's only available for our patrons at jointhenerdclan.com as a thank you for those of you who continue to support this independently run podcast. It's something that we're passionate about is bringing content like this to you, creating a community, and I want to see what the books are like, so yes. join along with me. Martina here asks, Mary and Blake, where can I find your crown podcasts? Well, you go to jointhenerdclan.com, become a member there, and you'll be able to access them. You'll also be able to go to maryandblake.com and hear some snippets of each of the episodes that we've done for seasons three and four. Uh, But you do have to become a member at jointhenerdclan.com to get full access to all of the episodes for Keep Calm and Crown On. Of course, as I'm sitting here talking about it with you guys, go to marionblake.com. Please check out all of the great podcasts that we have going on over there, whether it is for Outlander or We're this doing is Clan Us. Lands, which will be soon the show, Men in Kilts on yes. Stars. That comes out on Valentine's Day, henceforth why I'm starting the book club the day after. Yes, and if you are a Bridgerton fan and you do not know what Outlander is, uh, it is also on Netflix. Yes. And uh, it's a Stars production. Uh, I think the first four seasons are on Netflix right now. Um, Watch Outlander. Yes. I'm going to tell you that (laughs) if you're looking for something to watch in between these seasons, Outlander is probably right up your alley. Agreed. It's all the sex and Scotland and... Accents. Accents and... Costumes. Just burly men running around on horses and... And some sci-fi in there, and it's just, it's good. It's a good show. It's fantastic. We also have a Game of Thrones podcast. We also... Uh, we podcast about This Is Us on NBC. Yep. And, and uh, Gilmore Girls we've podcasted about. We, we, can, we keep busy. And we we're definitely gonna be, keep busy. We're also going to be podcasting about The Last Kingdom that was voted upon by all of the members that joined the NerdClan.com. That will be coming out as soon as This Is Us is over for season five. We'll be jumping into that right then and there. We keep busy, guys. That's Uh, for sure. Well, for now, ladies and gents, I'm Mary Larson. My name's Blake. Now go brew some more tea.
Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.